0: Again, it is a privilege to be here. I am thankful to God for the wonderful fellowship that we have been enjoying, uh, the time spent yesterday evening, and uh, having dinner together. It was a wonderful experience here again to meet the brethren. Enjoyed every moment of it. And now we're here by the Lord's grace. I had a good lesson in the school this morning. And um, my moment of preaching is here. And I'm going to preach a message somewhat controversial, but as someone said, I thrive on controversy. But um, it is all to the glory of God. It is not uh, for me to in any way gain any points with anyone. But it is what I have in my heart, and what I believe the Lord would have me preach this morning. I want to ask you a question. In my sermon, the title of it is. To celebrate or not to celebrate. And um, I'm going to read several verses of scripture before I get into the message. And I trust that it will be somewhat challenging for you. Be more educational. It will be more to God's glory in what we see here this morning Rather than anything else. In the book of Jeremiah chapter 10 and verse 2. It says. Thus saith the Lord. Learn not the way of the heathen. And be not dismayed. At the signs of heaven. For the heathen are dismayed at them. In the book of Jeremiah. Chapter 4 and verse 17. It says. Therefore. To him that knoweth to do good. And doeth it not. To him. It is a sin. We'll find also in the book of Jeremiah, God spoke about something there. But let me read Matthew 15, 8 first. It says, This people draw it nigh unto me with their mouth, and honor at me with their lips, but their heart, and I wondered at that, you know, there is a plural pronoun. But then we find a singular noun which would not seem to be proper English. But God has a way of doing things to draw our attention. He says there meaning the crowd. They would have a united heart. A heart that is far from him. And that is what is happening today. And not only that but they would seek to excuse it. As we read in Luke 16 and 15, ye are they which justify yourselves before men, but God knoweth your hearts. For that which is highly esteemed amongst men is abomination in the sight of God. And the last text I'm reading here is from First John chapter 5, and verse 21, which says, Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Let us pray, o Father. We bless the most holy name, O God. From the rising of the sun to the going of the same, you are worthy of all praise, my Lord. Cleanse us thoroughly, O God, from all unrighteousness. Remove the sins from our lives, O God. I pray, God, in the name of Jesus Christ, O God, that our lives would be lights, O God, shining for thee, O God, for you are the Father of lights, O Lord. Bless us, O God, and keep us. Bless your word to our hearts, O Lord. May in all things you be honored and glorified. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. From these words of the Spirit here, we should have no trouble in understanding that what is popular with the world today, actually, it is not popular of God. It is not God who is making people do all these things that they're doing today. We are living in, today is a season where the world is running after a celebration that was brought upon them through paganism. And I have paid the price for my stand. I do not believe we should celebrate. The question that I have for Christians today Is to celebrate or not to celebrate Where do we find this holy day in the Bible? You cannot find it anywhere Every year many of us speak out against this pagan celebration Many a time it's like a whisper in the ears of some People and Christians, now I'm talking about Christians Many of them are sovereign grace believers now. But you find that they're running after the things of this world. And I sometimes would ask myself, you know, just as your disciples ask Christ, Lord, are there few that are saved? Are there few that are saved? What are, what, what, what are our instructions with regard to this festival? We have instructions regarding baptism we have instructions regarding the lord's supper but where can we look for the authority for our involvement in the traditions that are connected to this holy day are there any commands of our lord and the apostles concerning it no beloved we wouldn't find it here we find a lesson as positive as it is inexcusable that the saints of Christ are often, even unwittingly, they are led through man's tradition into idolatry, which God hates. Many say that while the Bible does not say to celebrate it, the Bible does not forbid it. In Deuteronomy 12, verse 3 says, And you shall overthrow their altars, and break their pillars, and burn their groves with fire, and you shall hew down the graven images of their gods, and destroy the names of them. Out of that place. You would find in verse 8 of Deuteronomy. It says you shall not do after all the things that we do here this day. Every man whatsoever is, in his, is right in his own eye. So we find that God says in verse 32. What things I command you. Observe to do it. Thou shall not add thereto. Nor diminish from it. We find that today. Christmas is the day when the driving power of this festival it reaches its zenith. No other day can equal it for fleshly revelry. And the debauchery that is combined with the heathen misrepresentation of Christ which as a fanatical religious orgy uh, from every quarter it sows to a literal vortex of confusion and jamboree. That was written by a man by the name of R.F. Becker. Christmas is not of God. It is an abomination to him. It is not honoring to Jesus Christ. It only calls forth from multitudes of unthinking people. A natural sentimentality. And a false worship of him. The observances of Christmas are in no way inspired by the Holy Spirit. The Christmas spirit is only a terribly mockery to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Beloved, those who know and love the truth, we are counted to be narrow-minded and sacrilegious if a protest is raised. But we find that Jeremiah, Jeremiah, writing in chapter 5, verses 30 and 31, he says, A wonderful and horrible thing is committed in the land. The prophets prophesy falsely, And the priests bear rule by their means. And my people love to have it so. And what will he do in the end thereof? It is wonderful for some. But it is horrible for others. The religious proponents for Christmas. Are so much more accepted by the masses. While those standing for truth are despised. We are despised by all groups of Christians. Baptists. Pentecostal. Catholics doesn't that in itself tells you that something is wrong this sort of ecumenical argument against Christmas or for Christmas rather against those of us in the minority who stand for these truths beloved brethren bear in mind first of all that Christmas is not a Bible doctrine Christ never told anyone to celebrate his birthday we are told to celebrate his death for in celebrating his death, we also celebrate his second coming. For he said, do this as often as you can in remembrance of me. He said, do it till I come again. We are not in any way encouraged or told to celebrate the birthday of the Lord Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, God did not see fit in any way to leave any indication as to when he was born. None. Only two birthday celebrations are recorded in the Bible. And each one of them is connected with murder. We have the birthday. When it was Pharaoh's birthday that he made a feast unto his servants. He lifted up the head of the chief butler. Remember that dream that they had had and Joseph interpreted the dream for them? It was Pharaoh's birthday. And he lifted the head of the butler. That was murder. Then the next birthday we had. John the Baptist he was beheaded so we find that but there's really from what we find in the bible here it seems to be only in connected with uh with murder but we would ask the question when was jesus born now today we know that it is celebrated on the 25th 25th of december but i want first to take a look a look at what the the evidence seems to indicate as to when Christ was born in the book of Luke chapter 1 and verse 5 it says there was in the days of Herod the king of Judea a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abia now this is very important to remember the course of Abia and his wife was of the daughters of Aaron and her name was Elizabeth the course of a beer we would learn from first Chronicles twenty four verses seven to ten we would learn what that course meant. What it was It was the eighth of twenty four courses that was held during a twelve month year. In first Chronicles twenty four seven we read Now the first lot came forth to Jehoiarib rib and second to Jediah, the third to Harim, the fourth to Seorim, the fifth to Malkijah, the sixth to Mejamin, the seventh to Harcos, and the eighth to Abijah. That is a Hebrew of the word Abiah. Now each group of priests, all except the most senior who were on duty more often, they officiated in the temple for two weeks every year. Zacharias turn of duty came when the 8th group attended, which was during the weeks 15 and 16 after the start of the year. I hope you are following me now. A year in the sacred calendar begins with the new moon nearest the spring equinox. Consequently, the new year starts in March or very early April. Now as we look at this little study here, we will work with the equinox date of the 20th of March. 15 weeks, that is 105 days after the 20th of March. It brings us to early July. In other words, in early July, the angel Gabriel told Zechariah that his aged wife Elizabeth would conceive and bear a son, and that was the, uh, John the Baptist. Now six months into Elizabeth's pregnancy, that brings us to early January. Gabriel informed the Virgin Mary that she also was to conceive and bring forth a son, the son of the highest, the Messiah. When Mary said that this was not possible, as she had never had any sort of uh, cohabitation with a man, Gabriel told her that the aged Elizabeth, who had been barren for many, many years, was already six months pregnant. So here we have. Elizabeth conce- conceived in early July. Mary conceived some six months after Elizabeth in early January. Therefore with a normal nine-month pregnancy. This brings us to an autumn date in late September or early October. Now we can only arrive at an approximate time. God did not leave us any documentation as to when Christ was born. So. If we, if we take the writings even in, that is found today in modern encyclopedias, and some of these people are not even religious in any way, they have no need to 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 promote these wrong uh, definitions or ideas about what Christmas really is. They have no 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 need for for promoting anything wrong. They have no agenda in that, because some, they are not religious in any way. Most of them. But in the Universal Jewish Encyclopedia it says that in order for the shepherds to have been out that night with their flocks it would have been necessary for his birth to have occurred sometime between March and September. That is when the sheep would be out there. December the 25th snow would be abounding in the place and there's no way shepherds could be out there with their sheep. Anyhow, but the, the, the approximate time of the Lord's birth was somewhere between September and to October. That is what my studies have led me to. and That is what I believe. Um, as to the origin of Christmas. We find that God said in the Decalogue. The Ten Commandments. He says so remember the Sabbath day. To keep it holy. Today we keep the resurrection day Sunday. And there is good reasoning. Acts 27. Uh, um, you would find First Corinthians 16. 2, all these and go to Revelation chapter 1. All these are scriptural proof that we are to observe the Sunday. All right? Now, there never was a Christmas before the middle of the 4th century. In Jerusalem, it was first observed in the 5th century. And then we are told it caused rioting in the streets. The celebration of Christmas is a mixture of pagan Babylon's mystery idolatry in its purest form. And it was imported through Pogamos or the place where Satan's throne is. As the Bible says. Beloved, we find that. Some historical documentation about this. And I spent a lot of time in preparing the sermon. Did a lot of research and so forth. Because I want to convince. Well, I, I don't need to convince myself any longer. But I want to make sure that when I'm, what I'm saying here. it has It has support for it in the encyclopedias and different books that are looked upon you know that you could get information from and in one of them it says when Belshazzar was slain in Daniel 530 and the Chaldeans defeated by Darius or Darius the Mede it seemed that the capital of the pagan religious world was moved from Babylon to Pogamos later at the death of Attalus III Phrygia was given to the Roman Empire in 133 B.C. The Babylonian pagan worship was then removed to Rome where Samiramis and Tammuz became Fortuna and Jupiter. You see the transition there? Samiramis and Tammuz, they became Fortuna and Jupiter to the Romans. The Queen of Heaven that the Bible speaks of very often and her son, they became the very heart of pagan or idol worship throughout the world. They were called by different names in different countries. In Egypt. There were Isis and Osiris. In India there were Ishi and Ishwar. In other parts of Asia there were Sibiri and Plutus, but they were all the same queen of heaven and her son. All these were dumped into Christmas under the new name of Mary and Joseph. Oh Mary and Jesus, sorry. Remember what Jesus said in Revelation two hundred thirteen, I know thy works, and where thou dwellest. Even where Satan's seat is. And into Rome. And there incorporated. Into a pagan. A pagan religious rituals. And from thence. Introduced into the world. By the Roman Catholic Church. As a commemoration of Christ's birth, A wealth of proof. Can easily be produced today. To put this fact beyond question. The Roman Catholics. Force Christ, uh, within Christianity. this festival like we have today that is called Christmas it is freely admitted by all learned and honest writers of old that the date of Christ's birth cannot be known how then did it come to pass that the Roman Catholic Church fixed December 25th as the day he was born on December 25th a heathen celebration was instituted to honor the birth of Tammuz or Bel, or Bacchus, who was the son of Semiramis, or or Rhea, the Chaldean queen of heaven. I took this off from wikipedia.org. The Romans honored Saturn, the ancient god of agriculture, each year beginning December 17th in a festival called the Saturnalia. This festival lasted for seven days and included a winter solstice, which at that time fell on December 25th. Today, following calendar reform, it falls on December 21st. But during Saturnalia, the Romans feasted, they postponed all business and warfare, they exchanged gifts, and temporarily freed their slaves. With the lengthening of daylight, these and other winter festivities continued through January the 1st, the festival of Kalends, when Roman marked the day of the new moon and the first day of the month and the year. By the 4th century, Another factor was also at work. Many Romans also celebrated the the winter solstice on December 25th. They celebrated it with festivities in honor of the rebirth of Sol Invictus, the invincible sun god. And that is what it's all about. It's a celebration to the invincible sun god. And the Christians today who are lapping it up and involving themselves in it, it is idolatry. It is idolatry. Beloved brethren. When you look at this it also glorifies the Persian god Mithra. One of the things you would find with these ancient religions. They just had the same gods but by different names. Most of the time you would find that. The same gods but different names. And all it all boils to, to idolatry, from the from the, the the Encarta Encyclopedia. I took this off. Historians are unsure exactly when Christians first began celebrating the Nativity of Christ. However, most scholars believe that Christmas originated in the fourth century as a Christian substitute for pagan celebrations of the winter solstice. This is taken from Encarta. Before the introduction of Christmas, each year beginning on December the 17th, Romans honored Saturn, the ancient god of agriculture, in a festi- festival that was called Saturnalia. This festival lasted for seven days and included a winter solstice, which usually occurred around December 25th on the ancient Julian calendar. During Saturnalia, the Romans feasted, they postponed all business and warfare, they exchanged gifts and temporarily freed their slaves. Many Romans also celebrated the lengthening of daylight following the winter solstice by participating in rituals to glorify Mithra, the Persian god of light. And Mithraism is a religion, a religion that is practiced even today. These and other winter festivities continued through January the 1st, the Festival of Kalends, when Romans marked the day of the new moon and the first day of the month and the year. Now although the gospel described Jesus' birth in detail, they never mentioned the date. So historians do not know on what date he was born. The Roman Catholic Church chose December 25th as a day for the Feast of the Nativity in order to give Christian meaning to existing pagan rituals. For example, the church replaced festivities honoring the birth of Mitra. The God of light, with festivities to commemorate the birth of Jesus, whom the Bible calls the light of the world. The Catholic Church hoped to draw pagans into its religion by allowing them to continue their revelry while simultaneously honoring the birth of Jesus. Beloved, let me say this the Catholic Church has succeeded overwhelmingly because pagans and Christians are all involved in the celebration to saturn to mitra and other pagan deities under the the misnomer christmas and we know that christians ought not to have anything to do with such pagan festivities the bible is very clear against it now there are those who would stand for it and on every controversial matter you would find that there are people who stand for and those who stand against it but there's absolutely no scriptural proof for this pagan celebration so what do they rely on they rely on their reasoning they cannot find any proof in the bible so they they go they go uh, appealing to reasoning what they say well christmas is a time it's a traditional thing and we have to we have to maintain the tradition oh it's such a time of of feelings that where we enjoy each other and spend time with families so beloved in the book of Colossians chapter 2 and verse 8 we are warned beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ it might be traditional but we are warned against being led by these things Some of them say it's a special time of the year. But what makes it so special? Is it your feelings that make it special? Or is it the winter time? The snow? What about the places where there's no snow? That means they ought not to observe it. But the point that I'm making, it's not a special time. And we cannot allow our feelings. Listen, there is no scripture for it. So we cannot go to human reasoning. Human reasoning is one way we we, we we figure out things, yes. But when it comes to godly practices, we ought to go by thus said the Lord. Not by how good our minds is and how we can sit down and we can debate with this one and debate with the other one. I have had Christian friends, as I was mentioning to you a while ago, brother. Christian friends who because of my stand on Christmas, they have thrown me like I don't exist any longer for them. But the Bible is very clear about it. It is not a special time of the year. What makes it special? Our feelings? In the book of Ephesians chapter 4. Verses 17 to 19. It says this I say therefore. And testify in the law. That he henceforth walk not. As other Gentiles walk. In the vanity of their mind. Don't walk like them. Having the understanding. darkened, Being alienated from the life of God. Through the ignorance that is in them. Because of the blindness of their heart. Who, being past feeling, because of their feeling now, they have given themselves over unto lasciviousness, to work all uncleanness with greediness. That's your feeling you. When you start feeling, you stop thinking. Why do you think people find themselves in so so much problems these days? They go by their emotions. Now, I'm not saying that we ought not to uh, use our emotions. We are we are emotional people, right? But when it comes to godly practices, you don't go by emotion. You go by what the Bible tells us. Some of them say, well, it's a worldwide happening. Christmas is celebrated all over the world. Luke sixteen fifteen: Ye are they which justify yourselves before men, but God knoweth your hearts. For that which is highly esteemed among men is abomination in the sight of God. If the world celebrates it, That in itself should tell you something is wrong. Just the mere fact that the world does it. Some of them say it's a special commemoration of the birth of Christ. But there is absolutely no scriptural basis for this. I would ask the question, if it's a special commemoration of the birth of someone, would you specially commemorate my birth by celebrating my birth on February the 16th? No. When If you were aware my birth July the 10th, then you celebrate it on July the 10th. And that is what it is. You have no right to change my birth date. You have no right to change my birth date. That's not your right. It's not even my right. That, that, that's what it was. We find that in Trinidad, Christmas Day is a holiday. I don't know how it is up here. But in Trinidad, it's a holiday public holiday and they say it's a holiday that is given to honor the birth of the lord so since it is a specially given holiday they say well why not use it for the purpose for which it is given but i have a question for that there's a muslim festival that is called idur Fitr. i don't know if any of you know about it It's an an Islamic celebration that commemorates the sacrifice of Abraham. And this is done by the Muslims. So my question is this. Should we have special day services on that day also? Since it's a special day that they're commemorating something from, well it's not from the Bible, but we know that Abraham did sacrifice. But since it is a special day to commemorate this holiday, why? Well, let us, let us keep special services too. Now, the, Christ, the Christians wouldn't agree with that. And of course, they're right. But the point that is being made why celebrate Christmas only because it was spe- specified as a, a special day? It is a fable. Christmas is a fable. There's no telling, um, no question about that. It is a fable. It is pagan. It is extra biblical. And anyone involved with it, they're involving themselves in paganism. And as we were talking a while ago about paganism and the nation Israel, they were always like that. What we find happening within the Christian, the Christian fraternity now is that, and just looking at uh, Facebook, for instance, how many of us, when we write against these things, you know, our good friends, who would be liking some of the things that we are writing all the time. But you don't see, they're very silent. Very silent when it comes to this. And you ask yourself, why have I become like a a pariah for them now? But the point I want to make here this morning is that should we celebrate it or should we not? Christmas doesn't represent any factual fruit. It is deceptive, It is pretending to be something that it is not. It is not about the birth of Christ. The Bible warns us very clearly. Do not learn the way of the heathen. For their customs are vain. As I read again from Jeremiah chapter 10 and verse 2. Thus said the Lord. Learn not the way of the heathen. And be not dismayed at the signs of heaven. For the heathen are dismayed at them. For the customs of the people are vain; for one cut at a tree out of the forest, the work of the hands of the workman with the axe, they deck it with silver and with gold, they fasten it with nails and with hammers that it move not. they are upright as a palm tree, but speak not. they must needs be borne because they cannot go. Be not afraid of them, for they cannot do evil. Neither also is it in them to do good. If a question reads this portion of scripture that I've just read out here, Jeremiah 10, 2-5, and they do not see a warning against Christmas, a warning against the practices and the things that are involved in Christmas, let me tell you, that's a dumb question. That is a dumb Christian. The Bible spells it out very plainly. There's no question about it. Matthew Henry, in his commentary, said Consider what the idol is that is worshipped. It was a tree cut out of the forest originally, it was fitted up by the hands of the workmen. It is squared and sawed and worked into shape. I'm saying this morning be aware. Of spiritism. Clothed in spiritualism. It is spiritism. It is giving heat to demons. Colossians chapter 2 verse 8. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy. And vain deceit. After the tradition of men. After the rudiments of the world. And not after Christ. Do not worship. Any idols. The Bible says we are to worship God. in spirit. And in truth, glory only in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Galatians 6, 14, that, And we ought to prove all things, hold fast to that which is good. If you have become aware of the paganism that is practiced through Christmas, then to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it, it not, to him it is a sin. And if you have become aware of truth, I am calling upon Christians to reject Christmas as well as extra biblical traditions and pagan holidays like Easter and Halloween and all these sort of things that the Christians today are getting so deeply involved in. I am ashamed sometimes when I see some of our Baptist churches, some who claim to be Sovereign Grace Baptist churches, I'm ashamed to see you drive by them and you see two pumpkins in front of the doorway. I'm ashamed to see that today. And sometimes I wonder what are we teaching? And we complain about the younger generation. What are we teaching them? What are we teaching them? Beloved, I call upon Christians, reject it. Reject it. Do not contend for the pagan celebrations, but we are to earnestly contend for the faith which was once and for all delivered to us as saints and believers. That is what we need to contend for. And if we have to fight over anything on Facebook, let it not be Christmas. But I'll say flatly, I have a lot of relatives also they claim to be Christians who, who are into this paganistic celebration. I am thankful to God that some of us still hold to the truth and practice the truth you keep on keeping on doing what you're doing God is honored through what you do God is not dishonored as many many questions today are dishonouring in God through this pagan celebration I would encourage you this morning the question is to celebrate or not to celebrate as a flat out we're not to celebrate that we're not to worship demons we are not to get involved in paganism that's not what we should be doing. So may God give us a grace that we today take a stand against these evil practices. And I'm not just saying for Christmas when Easter time comes around too. That is pagan in its origin too. All it takes is a little research. Go to Dr. Google. Go to Dr. Google And Google is owned by by Indian people. They're not Christians. Go to Dr. Google and see what Google has to say about it. Get your information and then know whether you are worshiping God in spirit and in truth. May God help us, beloved. Sometimes I'm so saddened by what I see today. So very saddened by what I see today.